This is a contemporary conservative.net podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Contemporary Conversations with your hosts, Reed and Frank. I'm Frank. How are you, Reed? I'm great. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Um, seems like summer is finally here in my neighborhood. Certainly is here in mine as well. It's been hot lately. It was 90 degrees today. First time it's been 90 degrees in this area since, uh, like August of last year. Wow. That sounds like good weather to me. Yep. Well, <clears throat> did you happen to hear, of all people, Reed... Somebody got caught schmoozing with other people in the White House, maskless. Could you imagine who that might be? Um, no. Well, I'll tell you, because I'm sure there's a billion people you could guess. <clears throat> sure. They would all be hypocrites, but there's one in particular <laughs> who's most hypocritical. And here's the big hint. She still is requiring all of our representatives to wear masks in the house. Oh, yeah, that gives it away. But she herself... Pelosi. Uh-huh, but she herself can go over and schmooze with the Attorney General and the President and other people, and they don't have to wear masks, of course. Well, this is nothing new from the Speaker. Her whole deal last year, I guess it was, where she went and got her hair done. Her secret haircut. <laughs> yep. That's right. So not surprising. Nope, not surprising. Just the latest in a series of unfortunate events. Right. Well, I got uh, an article or news topic I think is pretty interesting. Um... The Supreme Court, I believe, is currently hearing arguments regarding a case. It's a free speech case. Um, a little brief details on it is uh, a few years ago, at the time, a 14-year-old high school student tried out for the uh, varsity cheerleading team at her school. And I believe also the same week had tried out for the softball team. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't make the varsity team or softball, but she was on the junior varsity cheerleading team. And later that day or later that week, something relatively close to that time, her and a friend of hers were at uh, like a gas station. I don't know if they're inside or outside. It's not that important. And they took a picture or a Snapchat uh, of the two of them uh, holding up their middle finger. And the caption said, uh, F school, and I don't mean the letter, the F word, F school, F cheer, F softball, F everything. And then... So they the, weren't even on school grounds? Right, they were not. Sure, that's okay. Uh, then the... Uh, school suspended her from the cheer team for a year. 
And then uh, her family sued the school board. Well, it seems to me they'd have a case. Right. And I think it's um, a pretty interesting case to talk about because uh, one of the things I immediately thought of, uh, wanted to know, and I had to get more info on the case before I talked about it here because I had only just heard of the uh, initial... Um, you know, the fact that there was going to be a free speech case. Mm-hmm. Before the court, up. yeah. Right, yeah. And, um, uh, oh, yeah, I went to go get some more info on it, and, um, uh, I did see that, find that, yeah, it was, that she was suspended from the cheer team, uh, not to school. And I, when I first heard of the case, I thought that was kind of an important part. Because um, uh, she was still part of the junior varsity cheerleading team. Mm-hmm. And, um, and generally, in, when you're a part of a sports team at school, your uh, behavior is usually held to a little bit higher standard even off uh, school property, because you, in a way, represent the team and the school. Right. Um, and so when I finally went and looked at the, a couple articles today, um, I was glad to see that that was pointed out by, I believe, uh, Kavanaugh, if not Gorsuch. Um, one of the two made that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what, what it mostly depends on in my opinion of course i'm not a judge is the fact that she was still part of a team um and had she not been then i i think i would definitely agree that uh the school didn't have any right to punish her for it and i do think being suspended for a whole year was a little excessive um but i don't think it's unfair to have some kind of repercussions for it. What do you think? Well, I think it's an interesting question. Um, one of the troubles for me would be, was it really the school, the school board that removed her from the sport or was it the coach's decision or maybe the other parents? Um, Cause it seems to me if you were to look at it as it's an extracurricular activity, sort of a fraternal group, um, you know, sanctioned by the school, but that's not necessarily a school activity. Um, it seems to me that there'd be more power with the team, you know, to ask her to leave or, you know, to say, we, we don't find that becoming of a teammate. We don't want to have somebody like that. Um, you know, to kill the vibe all season long. We we just would rather not work with you. But I think if it was a unilateral decision from a school board person, um, I think that might be a little abuse of authority type of thing. So I'd be curious to know the answer to that. Um, if she was voted off of her team by her teammates or by the school board. Right. I don't remember... If that was mentioned in the article I saw, I'd have to go back and look it up. But yeah, I think that is a good point. Um, 
if the decision like right away was made by like say the school board rather than like the coach then yeah I think uh I think they the the girl and her family would be right that uh was a little overboard well and I think it sometimes is a hard line to uh you know to tow um right yeah because I I've had some friends and colleagues who have been retired teachers or who were actively teachers and uh, you know the, it's the same with them they're not supposed to be caught off school property you know making fools of themselves or or right. you know having character unbecoming to a an education professional educational professional so um but i mean you have to be able to have a life too Teachers want to be right, able to yeah. cut back and get drunk and sing karaoke and make fools of themselves from time to time, too. Um, you know, and not mm -hmm. everything needs to be an example to a child. So that's the other thing I would point out is, um, like I asked you initially, I find it shocking that this happened off school grounds. And, you know, it's essentially one of those things that if it weren't recorded and shared on social media, it would have already been forgotten by now. It's basically right. inconsequential. It's an inconsequential act to throw your middle finger up and say, F my high school. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, now, I think it would be a little different if you were out on the ball field or, you know, sure, in your yeah. cheerleading squad and you were caught right, right in the middle of, of a performance throwing those gestures sure. up and saying that kind of language um i don't think anybody would have to think twice about that you know there right there might be small children in attendance in the audience and in the uh, you know the bleachers um they don't need to be exposed unnecessarily to somebody's grotesque you know actions or whatever Sure. But I think just a friend and another friend having fun and flipping the bird, you know, while they drive around town or whatever, that's, I mean, who hasn't done that? I was a kid once. I used to have a convertible. We used to drive around on the west side of Charleston listening to rap music <laughs> just to see if we could get a rise out of people. But yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting case. Uh, I'll be... Looking forward to the decision uh, they make in the next couple of weeks. I think it's supposed to be. Um, uh, I I think uh, they, if I had to predict, uh, they'll probably. Oh, I don't know. I think they might end up ruling in favor of the the girl, because um, it's you know. It it generally is, uh, you know, it, it is a free speech case, and other than, like I said earlier, what I think it kind of hinges on is the fact that she was on the team. Um, other than that, I think it's a pretty clear case, and I feel like they might rule that way in her favor. Well, the real question, I mean, if I were a member of some group, does that really limit what I can do in exercise of my rights, I, yeah. I wouldn't really think so. I mean, <clears throat> just to go back to my example again, though, but just let's say I'm a member of the teachers union. 
That doesn't mean I can't get drunk and go to karaoke. I mean, I can do that. And it's a matter of, it's often a matter of perception of what is too far. I mean, sure, yeah. do I cross the line by having too many drinks? Do I cross the line by swearing in a song? Do I cross the line by, you know, I mean, what's, what's really a blatant, what's really blatant misconduct and what's not? What's harmless fun? Right. Well, and I think it also goes the other way, um, like uh, from the school's end, since they suspended her from the team for a year, uh, like I mentioned, I think that was a little excessive. So how do you, you know, like what you're saying, what, how, yeah, how do you know how, how, what's too far? And I think the same would go the other way. How do you know sometimes what's too far on the the punishment and I think in this case it probably it was a whole year for you know a fourteen year old putting up an expletive filled Snapchat. Well, I'd like to know too. Just if I can play classic lawyer, wh sure. what are the damages? What are the damages to this young girl? It hurt her little feelings. I mean, is she going to argue that she lost scholarship opportunities? Can they prove that she's an amazing? athlete i mean what are they really going to try and prove right yeah that's interesting how and if they do decide in her favor as you said they may um how do you qualify or quantify those damages i mean how do you put a figure on it you say okay you know she might have really lost a good scholarship opportunity here. She might have lost a four-year ride to Princeton, and that's worth, you know, $200,000 a year. So, but, you know, then you have to say, well, if she's the type of girl to cuss and behave this way on social media, would she have gotten those scholarships? Right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, often, you know, if it's a really good case like this you can sit here and spin things into oblivion but it almost oh, seems yeah. like an exercise in futility at some degree i mean right. <clears throat> i don't know i just can't imagine awarding somebody you know let's say eight hundred thousand dollars because she got kicked off of her cheerleading squad i, I don't see it well, we'll find out in a matter of weeks. Yeah. I'll be interested to know. Yeah, so will I. Well, anyway, on that point, that leads me over to something I've been following in the news here. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to say I called it, but uh, our former president wants to. He'd like to say that he called this news. Uh, have you heard about this? Uh, Dr. Fauci's come out now, and he's saying he's not convinced of COVID's natural origins. I have not heard about uh, old flip-flop Fauci's comments, but I have heard about the recent news saying that there were reports of um, people who worked in the Wuhan lab having symptoms of the virus as early as November of 2019, and they questioned whether it actually came from a bat like some people thought right right 
Well, um, it's caused some people to go back and roll the tape of Trump. Um, he was saying in early of 2020, he said that Wuhan was the source of the virus leak. He said that to the media. I think it was Jim Acosta asking him. And he even came out and said China may even come out and tell us eventually. <clears throat> now lots of people, the former head of the CDC and Dr. Fauci, they're all saying that it looks man-made and it looks like it was leaked from China. Then in a Freudian slip, because of some questioning that um, Rand Paul was doing of Fauci uh, up on Capitol Hill relatively recently, um, he was being asked a follow-up question on the news later, and he almost did a little Freudian slip. He said that the CDC was working with the Chinese com, um, Chinese scientist. <laughs> did you hear that? I had to go back and listen yeah. to it a couple times. He says that the CDC was working with the Chinese com, um, Chinese scientists. <laughs> wow. Yep. <clears throat> uh, the Wall Street Journal ran a story like you're talking about, saying that three researchers said that, uh, were, were sick enough in November of 2019 that they were hospitalized, but it was all kept hush-hush and uh, supposedly was said to be unrelated to this whole thing. But that's exactly what's really being scrutinized more than ever now, is that sort of cover-up. Because you see also, despite what Fauci was saying there, it's one of the CCP's cover-up stories that the United States military introduced this to Wuhan. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lie. <clears throat> and it, I think they introduced that lie as a cover-up for these sick people, these three sick individuals that they hospitalized real hush-hush back in November of 2019. But now, according to Jen Psaki, the, intel uh, the international community uh, is calling for an American-led examination uh, into this, into the origins. What blows my mind, it's so political, but it seems like there's been a call to get to the root of this COVID-19 story since 2019. <laughs> so yeah. it's funny to me that Jen Psaki's out saying now that the entire world is calling for an American-led examination into this, into the origin story. Another interesting aspect to this <clears throat> Some people might just say, oh, what's it matter? This has been a developing story all along. You know, first they said we needed to wear, we don't need to wear masks. Then they said, oh, maybe we should wear two masks. Uh, you know, the, the story's changed so much on this that um, I could see somebody saying, so what? But an interesting little thing is that um, even the fact checkers have had to come back and reverse their story. So if you remember back, there was, uh, on Tucker Carlson, he interviewed a female Chinese doctor who was like a whistleblower, and she said that she had firsthand eyewitness knowledge that this was leaked from the Wuhan Virus Institute. And um, <clears throat> later that evening or the very next day, 
he was uh, fact-checked, you know, s- s- uh, so-called fact-checked, by both Politico and Facebook. And uh, now, just as of May 17th, 2021, PolitiFact has had to come out and, uh, what do you say, correct their their fact-check. <laughs> So I just see a lot of irony in this. Um, so many people have said trust the science, but the science seems to just be a big wait-and-see game. So I don't know why anybody would trust the science. It seems to have flip-flopped a hundred times. Um, things that they said could never be are now said maybe. <laughs> uh, so... And, and the people who, who think they have the facts and think they can fact-check everybody eventually have to turn around and fact-check themselves. So, anyway, there you go. What are your thoughts about all of that? Well, I think that uh, the conservatives have pretty much known this whole time that uh, everything coming out of China about the virus was not true. Mm-hmm. They're feeding false information to the WHO and the CDC was getting their information from them so of course it was wrong right so it's certainly no surprise I, I mean it's we pretty much suspected it this whole time but they kept telling us we're crazy we're making it up it's conspiracy stuff yep but, we know you live long enough you see yes. everything Right. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. <laughs> I mean, there's that clip of um, uh, a WHO representative, I believe, uh, who was asked about uh, Taiwan, and then just pretended not to hear the lady who was interviewing him, <laughs> and like disconnected the the Zoom call or whatever he was on with her. I'm surprised he didn't say, you mean China? <laughs> right. That's... Uh, yeah. What is this Taiwan you speak of? But it's, um, I think uh, we'll find out pretty soon, you know, since this is already linking. And even if, since the Biden administration seems to acknowledge that uh, uh, China wasn't being very truthful about the origins of the virus, I think uh, it's going to come out pretty soon. Well, I'm sure we'll know more. Well, and one last little food for thought, but how do you feel about the idea that now everybody who's taken the vaccine has a little piece of this manufactured virus in them? Uh, well, definitely uh, crazy to think about. It is. It's a chilling I mean, thought. If it's man-made, I mean, who knows what it's made to do other than what we already know, I guess. Well, we know it's made to attack our immune system. Yeah. And we know that the vaccine affects the immune system. It might not attack it in the same way a virus would, but it affects it in a very similar right. way. All right, so yeah. you want to tell me about some parallel you see with defunding the police it sounded awfully interesting i'm i really want to hear more yes, about it um well 
I may not have too much to you know, really dive deep into it, but I was listening to a history podcast uh, for anybody who's interested. It's called American History Tellers by Wondery, W-O-N-D-E-R-Y. And this particular series was on the Gilded Age. And um, at one point in one of the episodes, it mentioned the ending of Reconstruction in the South after the Civil War. And part of the deal of ending Reconstruction was to pull out, um, I guess, federal troops or militias, whatever they had at the, the National time, Guard of the South. It was the National Guard. Sure, yeah. Yeah, National Guard. That's I believe you're right. Well, I know. What's his name? I don't remember the president. Oh, Lyndon B. Johnson. He sent in the National Guards to segregate the schools. Or to desegregate the schools, excuse me. I'm getting my terminology mixed up. Been a while since mm-hmm. I've been in a history class there. But <laughs> I know he sent in the National Guard to desegregate the schools because they shipped in, they bust in the black kids and they had the National right. Guard there to make sure that everything ran smoothly that day. <clears throat> so I think they remained active for a while. Right. Well, similarly, um, I believe it was like the 1870s or so, something like that. Oh, well, the then we're not Guard talking was... Lyndon Johnson, then, are we? No, but I see what you're saying as a comparison. Um, but at, at the end of Reconstruction, or during Reconstruction, rather, there were troops in the South there to enforce uh, civil rights <clears throat> Excuse me, for the black population in the South. And in this episode of the podcast, it mentioned that when... Uh, it was agreed to end Reconstruction. They had to pull out all the troops that were in the South. And after that, uh, crimes against uh, black people started to skyrocket. Uh, more lynchings, more um, laws against uh, you know, like voting restrictions and stuff like that. And while... I was listening to the podcast that immediately made me think about the whole defunding the police movement and how in these big cities, liberal cities, it's you're seeing a spike in crimes. Now it's not you know, old white democratic southerners committing crimes against black people. It's the black, black people, people themselves, themselves and doing it against yeah. Asians. Nobody wants to talk about that, but all the Asian hate crimes, well, I think it's something like 95% of all these Asian crimes have been committed by African-American men. Right. And it just, you know, it struck me that, you know, where, how it was the Democrats then in the South who wanted the guards out to stop enforcing the civil rights for the black people. And it's the same Democrat Party who wants the cops out of these cities again to enforce the laws to protect the black people. So it's just, what do they say? History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes or whatever. Well, I just saw a recent quote. I don't remember who said it right off the top of my head, but I do happen to remember the quote pretty well. And it goes, um, 
what we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's that's pretty much all I had that Well I find that, that one extremely interesting. I mean, what do people think is gonna happen? You know, I love I remember I was having a conversation with my boss when all this defund the police really started going last summer after the George Floyd stuff. Um, mm -hmm. God rest his soul, I guess. But uh, anyway, my boss was talking about, oh, you know, they want to send in more, uh, what do they call them? Not like a therapist, oh, a social worker. They want to send mm -hmm. in more social workers. And he said, I could just see the cops now. Yeah, go ahead. We'll send the social worker in first. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sure the cops would love to have more social workers in their ranks, you know? <laughs> send in the harmless lamb while we call for backup, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I follow this YouTuber. Some people may know him. Uh, Donut Operator. And he usually does videos about uh, different police shootings and uh, different police incidents. And one of the things he talks about is how many times uh, a police officer can walk into what is seemingly a normal situation and it gets out of hand like nothing, like crazy. And even with like a regular traffic stop, he's shown videos of cops who just pull over people for... You know, whatever normal reason. Yep. And as the cops lock it up, they start shooting yep. at the cop, whoever's in the car. Well, I've seen all kinds of stuff, you know, and there's there's all these um, audit the cops and the uh, yeah, First Amendment auditors. And sometimes it'll just be a normal everyday stop. Guy was speeding. And then you get some guy with a video camera walking up in the cop's face saying, why are you pulling this guy over? What did he do? You know, acting like he's the guy's lawyer or something. Yep. And I've seen some of that. Yeah, and stuff escalates very quickly because then you're given a the guy with the camcorder is given a command, please step to the side for both of our safeties, and they want to argue. I can do whatever I want. I can stand wherever I want to be. And then the cop says, "No, I give you a lawful order. I'm in the middle of a stop." If you don't do what I say, you're going to get arrested. You can't arrest me. Next thing you know, the guy's on the ground, you know, and it's just mm -hmm. totally for what? So the guy can make a video? Yep. Yeah, and then they want to send social workers into unsuspecting situations. You shouldn't, def you definitely don't bring in a social worker first, but I'm not necessarily that opposed to having one come in later if, you know, the situation's clear for it. Well, they already work hand in hand, do. those departments. So yeah. I don't see yeah, most what... Most of the time, yep. Well, yeah, and I wouldn't say like every day, but often there's lots of matters where a cop would call a social worker. But the idea of putting a cop, or excuse me, the idea of putting a social worker in the car with a cop, sort of deputizing the, the social workers, I think it's silly mm -hmm. because it's sort of that old, you know, bring a knife to a gunfight situation, except you're bringing a psychologist, if you will, to a gunfight. <laughs> so, 
what yeah. good is that going to do you? You know, I mean, or even if you downgrade the weapons, you know, take it one step back, you bring a psychologist to a knife fight. What what good's that going to do you? Well, I mean, I mean keep going with different scenarios but I don't even think it has to be that bad you can get somebody who is even if they are having a legitimate like psychotic breakdown if they're like being very combative and they're swinging their arms around and kicking and all that kind of stuff you're gonna, they're gonna hurt somebody and you're still gonna bring a social work in there to get their skull busted open right right lun crazy lunatic yeah, there's a time and a place for everything, and I usually think, you know, I'm like Kavanaugh. I know his position on this, and cops usually have a good leeway and a good reason mm. for having that leeway. <clears throat> so mm. I think, you know, restructuring the whole paradigm is silly because our society is not ready for any kind of restructuring. Maybe if we had the type of society where we didn't need cops, we could have this conversation. Right. But we have the types of society where we need cops. We really need them. Yep. And one of the tragedies through all of this is who in their right mind would ever want to enlist and become a police officer? Yeah, not anymore. Your hands are so tied, you make the wrong decision, you're done for. You might as well be shot on the job. Because if you make the wrong decision, they're just going to stick you in prison for the rest of your life like they did Shogun. Right. Or sue you until you don't have any money left. Yeah, you might as well be shot. Who would make this decision? Who would, who would decide to enlist in a career where you can't win for losing? Well, I'll tell you, the same bad cops that they keep complaining about, that we don't want. Only bad cops are going to become cops, because the good cops aren't going to want to do it. Well, it's pitiful. Yeah. I find your answer absolutely shocking, how truthful it is. I hadn't heard that. And that makes absolute sense. Total sense. It's how you get... Yeah. Police chiefs like Lori Lightfoot. Oh, she's a mayor. But I think technically she is head of the police. Yeah, some cities are like that where the mayor is technically the Yeah, chief. but that's how you get people like that. That Lori mm -hmm. Lightfoot. I just saw something the other day. I couldn't believe this. We're going a little off topic, but not really because this whole, you know, censor the police comes from the whole Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. Mm hmm um, you know, she's only taking interviews with uh, black reporters now. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard that. Black and brown people of color. Yeah, but you know, she's got a white lesbian wife she goes home and sleeps with. I didn't know she was white, but I didn't know she that the mayor was a lesbian. I didn't know that. And her wife's white. You think she answered her, her wife's questions when she gets home? She says, hey, honey, how was your day? I only answer questions from black people. No, that doesn't happen at home. There's no way. So what a hypocrite. She'll only take questions from black reporters, but she has no problem with sleeping with white females. None. 
<laughs> it's it, twisted. It's like Spock from that old TV series from the 60s. Illogical. <laughs> well, I said this to you earlier when we were speaking off air. They think we're the backwards-thinking ones, but it's them who are. All right. Who are, so. I agree. I agree. They live in bizarro world. Well, on that note, I think you had something you wanted to tell the people, and then... Yep, we're going to wrap it up here. I think that's been a pretty good, nice conversation. We had a couple different topics that we kind of just led to naturally there. But um, if you guys would like to uh, provide us with any feedback or if you have any suggestions for shows or topics or if you want to just uh, give us your input, you can email me at contempconserve, the number two, at gmail.com. And that's C-O-N-T-E-M-P. C-O-N-S-E-R-V, the number two, at gmail.com. And I'll also put it in the show notes. And uh, we hope to hear from you. And we're glad you listen. We hope you tune in next time. Similarly, you can email me as well. That would be Frank at, um, let's see, mine's just like Reed's. It's contemptconserve at gmail.com. C-O-N-T-E-M-P-C-O-N-S-E-R-V at gmail.com. Let us know how you like the show, and please give us any suggestions for future content. Yep, we'd love to hear from you, and leave a rating review wherever you're listening, and tune in next time.